I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Greetings, Sine. Hi. I have an email to read to you. Okay. It's a very important one. To our email? Yeah. Oh my gosh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Pretty big news coming up, okay? Okay. I only like you. My name's Sophie. I came across your music on SoundCloud and wanted to reach out personally. We are partnered with Island Records, Universal Music, and dozens of other music companies to provide artists with better opportunities. We are Tradio, the app that is changing a key part of the music industry, generating sustainable revenue for artists like you. I'm currently contacting artists to join us and start getting monthly subscriptions from their fans. As an example of what she means... Are you interested? If so, you can sign up here. Website. Thanks. Sophie from Tradio. Got a few questions. Mm-hmm. One, I don't think she's listened to the show. I was just going to say, I don't think she's listened to anything. <laughs> because, two, we're not artists. It's a podcast. We don't do music. But if she's interested, <laughs> you know, anything for listeners. Maybe we should hit Sophie up then. All right, Sophie, here we come. (laughs) Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, wherever you are. Good that time of the day. (laughs) This is I Only Like You. My name's Lonnie. I'm here with my girlfriend, Sine. Hello. We do this podcast where we complain about people and review movies. Now, when you think of Nocturnal Animals, the new film from Tom Ford, do you think of food court etiquette? Because I do. Uh, yep. There are topics today. Okay. <laughs> or this evening, wherever you are, whatever time that is. The movie's coming later. First, food court etiquette. A very important part of my life. And I think Sine's too. I feel like you get more riled up about it though. The first thing we're going to talk about, you were so upset though. I was. I was really upset. I'd like hold you back. You were going to go, go fight off. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> So there was a girl who'd ordered some food and for some reason she went and sat down before getting her food, right? And she obviously had her boyfriend's bag or something and it was on this, the chair and she didn't want to like give up her table. I think, I think that was the situation, right? She's just in a food court, not in a restaurant. No, in a food court. So then the guy from the um, lovely Fantasia place or whatever it was, was calling out the number and she kept waving her arm like, yeah, I'm here. And she kept gesturing, like waving to him she to was bring it closer. Him. Yeah. And he just kind of like shook his head and gestured to the counter that he can't leave his he's other customers, counter. you know? I just don't understand. And this went back and forth for like ten minutes. Ages until guess what? She eventually took the bag, got the food, walked back to the table. But she left her drink there. She didn't take her drink with her. That's a big no no. Could have been spiked. Could, could have anything happen. Anything could happen to those sort of things. And it wasn't, the, it wasn't like the busiest time of the year or anything. No. Like, this is what I'm saying. Food court etiquette is very important leading up to Christmas where seats in the food court are a dime a dozen. No, opposite to that. Are very <laughs> uh, scarce. 
Yeah. That's good. not a good phrase. No. <laughs> anyway, this was like just on like a Friday lunchtime or something, wasn't it? It's obviously like really scared of losing her table, but you don't get food brought to you in a food court. That's not what happens in a food court. But when you're in that, that sort of place where they give you the food, you wait before sitting down, don't you? Yeah. You don't get your seat and then go get the food again. No, so therefore there would have been no reason for her to worry about losing the table because she would have had a table in the first place. And you don't beckon the guy at Fantasia to come over. I thought that was so rude. It was like a stalemate, wasn't there? It was. Between the two of them. He wasn't moving. (laughs) Because if he does it for her, that's to everybody, doesn't he? He does. All of a sudden, sit-down restaurant. It's a food court. (laughs) What about the other day when the family behind us were having a big heart to heart with their daughter about her not not um doing well at school. Doing well at school. It was like a it was a Thursday night, late night shopping. Great time of the year of the week. And they were having a sit down chat about her not um trying hard enough and she was like, Oh I do try but then he's like, nah, none of your friends say you do. I heard him say, I threw my education away and I don't want the same for you. Like, it's probably a necessary conversation, yeah, right? Yeah, by all means, get into your kids when they've been shit, right? I'm all for that. <laughs> However, not in the food court. I don't think the food court was the best spot to a do it. The food court is a happy place. But then also, they went and got takeaway for dinner. So she got rewarded by having takeaway for, like, being a shithead in the conversation. It's a subway there, wasn't it? So Well, yeah, that's true. Maybe she wanted something good, better. Maybe. Maybe she wanted Maccas and then she got subway. So, yeah, we weren't trying to listen to any of this conversation. It just happened that... As the food court is designed, real close to each other. <laughs> I just don't think that's the time and place to do it. I know? agree. However, how else to get through to kids? I don't know. Talk to them at home. Yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing about food court etiquette: thinking that people who are just like one person and they sit at a four-person table. Not very good. Like you know what you're doing. You don't deserve to have a four-person table if it's just you. Especially coming into peak times around Christmas. You sit at the bar, the little benchy bit, or, you know, at a one-person table, or a two if you have to, right? I don't care that you can't sit at a four-person table. You're one person. You want to sit at a four-person table? Grab three of your friends and bring them to the food court. (laughs) What if they need a seat for their bag, though? Stick your bag on the ground like everyone else does. What if they need someone to put their trolley Oh, my God. Don't get me started on that. That's next week. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a question for you about food court. Mm. <laughs> Want to try that again? I've got a question about food courts for you, Sine. Yeah. You know when they're out there and they've got little samples, right, of mm. the food at the place? Mm. The samples are free, are they not? <laughs> okay. How many samples are you allowed to have? <laughs> So, you love a good sample, right? You always get samples. I like sampling things. I feel like... Sue me. <laughs> I don't want to get a sample if I know in my heart I'm not going to eat there. What if you eat it and then you, well, you want to go there? Well, that's the point of them, right? But I guess that's the gamble that they take by offering samples as well. But in answer to your question, I don't think they're free. I think they're free with an asterisk next to it. And the asterisk is the proviso that this will hopefully make you purchase more food from us. So you think if you know in your heart of hearts you're not going to eat there, you shouldn't take a sample? Yes. Okay. What if you've already bought something from that place? No! Your sample is the food that you've paid for. Well, when I was at Fantasia that day... Yeah? 
I had paid for my food and they had the samples there. I was like, all right, I'll take one. Lonnie, no. The samples are to get you in to buy stuff. But I've already bought something there. Yeah, so your sample is what you're about to have for lunch. What if I want to try the other thing? Hmm. I still think it's wrong. Hmm. I remember we used to go to Miss India. That was near our place. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had so many samples. <laughs> they stopped doing it after a while. They used to have like different naan breads, which is, oh my God, one of my favorite fruits in the whole world. Like at the top and you could taste them to see like, oh, this is a nice naan. We might get some of this naan. I think you took a few too many. They so, don't do it anymore. <laughs> well, it's for free, so it's their fault for not making me pay for it. But we already ordered the naan that we wanted. I'm a good customer. Lonnie. I should be rewarded. <laughs> Food courts are interesting places. They're good for people watching. They are. But maybe just check yourself coming up to this festive season. That's our tip for the holidays. <laughs> okay. Nocturnal Animals, new film from Tom Ford. He wrote and directed it, and it's based off a novel by Austin Wright, who was a writer, apparently. <laughs> really? Surprisingly, he wrote a book about that. <laughs> um, he wrote the book back in the 90s, and it wasn't very successful, but then I think he died, and then after that it sort of got a bit more of a another look sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Tom Ford's written a movie about uh, based off it. He's done A Single Man which we quite liked, but also kind of didn't like. Mm -hmm. I liked it, and you were, like, not so on board, hey? Yeah, didn't love it. It's Tom Ford's fashion dude, very popular, his fashion stuff. A fashion dude? He's a fashion dude. He's a designer. Yeah. He's done the suits for the um, last few James Bond films. True fact. Thank you for that. Film stars Amy Adams and Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. I say Gyllenhaal. But mm. I don't know. Okay. Jake's in it. <laughs> um, Michael Shannon, also an actor. Um, Aaron Taylor-Johnson is pretty good in it as well. Isla Fisher. Army Hammer. Michael Sheen. Okay. Lots of actors. Lots <laughs> of actors in the film. What's the film about, Sine? Well, kind of like a story within a story. So Amy Adams gets sent a, like a proof of a novel written by her ex-husband that is dedicated to her and it's kind of violent and scary and stuff and the film is mostly like about that novel that she's reading and then cuts back to her reading it sort of thing and there's I guess parallels with it and their lives. There's also flashbacks to when she was <clears throat> with Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. back in 20 years ago. So yeah it's like a story within a story but also a flashback to the story. Story. Yes. <laughs> um, it's described here on Wikipedia as a neo-noir psychological thriller. And it is that, but it's also strange. It's also weird. And not in a good way, I don't think. Um, it's very scary. Yes. There are a lot of jump scares. Which, can I just... Why do we have to have so many jump scares in films these days? It's not exciting or interesting to be freaking terrified. I don't understand it. I don't understand why we need to have them. It doesn't engage me in your story. If anything, it turns me off. Well, some people like being scared. I am not one of those people. Some people like the thrill of being scared and then knowing they're safe just afterwards. But I don't feel safe. I had to lift... I. I never put my feet up on the 
seats in cinemas, and I hate it when people do. But it you know what illegal. I did? It should be illegal. I tucked my feet underneath me and put them like where the drink holder was, so they weren't like entirely on the seat because <laughs> I was worried. Because I was worried someone was going to like grab my feet under the seats. Is that like a uh, recommendation about how good the film is? <laughs> if it made you feel that way, though. Well, if you like feeling terrified and like you're going to die, sure. Go see it. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> There's a really terrific sequence in the film. It's in the book section. It's um so in that sequence, Jake Gyllenhaal is driving at night time with his wife and his daughter. Oh. And they get like attacked by not attacked, they get run off the road and then um are terrorized by this this gang of, you know, West Texan um youths. Youths. <laughs> Um, bandit sort of thing um and that was scary but not in like a jump scary sort of way that was just terrifying i thought yeah it's put me off driving at night time oh to be god honest. yeah i'm never driving in a deserted road again yeah ever creepy as um so i thought that sequence it's all well put together wasn't the whole film was really yeah, well, it was like, well done. done and the acting was great it just like i don't know i don't really get it yeah so it ends on a strange note. It doesn't really end where you think it'll end, and it it's um, and I, I like that because I I, I kind of like sometimes when the filmmaker like just screws with you a little bit. But mm. you like having a nice ending where everything's resolved and stuff, don't you? Sometimes, sometimes I like when endings aren't resolved. But this ending caught me by surprise. I thought there was another half hour of the film to go. Yeah. And then the credits came up, and I was like, oh, that's it. So I don't like feeling like that because I feel like the story wasn't resolved, like there was more to tell. I don't mind when it's up in the air and there's questions raised. I like that, actually. But this didn't raise any questions for me, really. It just, it just like, made me feel that the story wasn't finished, I think. Okay. That's fair enough. I, I see where you're coming from. I kind of think it would take a few times to um, watch this film to really get it. And I think if you didn't like the first it much the first time, you're probably not going to do that. So. Oh, that's true. I get your point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot going on with all the symbolism and like parallelism and you know references to what was in the writing to their real lives and stuff. So. I think too like too much of an extent, right? It was a bit too on the nose, wasn't it? Kind of shoved it down our throat. Like Jake Gyllenhaal would be in the flash. Sorry. In the story world, in the bath, and then it'd flashback to like you know, kind of day, in the bath. in the bath. Like we get it. You don't need to be so obvious. Yeah, I agree. I just thought it was kind of scary and creepy and weird, and there were good moments, but they were outshone by the weird ones that I didn't really. I don't know. Well, there is that that line of thinking that the world is bad enough. Why do we need to watch horror movies and stuff? Mm. But then the other side of that's like, well, if you can watch it in a controlled environment, you know, it's escapism. It's not real. You can maybe deal with things better if you've experienced them in a movie, sort of thing. No, don't just don't be scary, says the name. Yeah, just I don't really see the point. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. What would you give it out of Sam's? Well, I don't know. As we left it, I didn't like it, but I've read a bit about it and thought about it some more. I think I've appreciated it some more, but necessarily haven't liked it more. See, you'd watch it again, 
and get more from it. Whereas because I kind of didn't like it at all the first time, I'm not going to watch it again, yeah. which is interesting because I'm not giving myself the opportunity to like it, but mm. I don't think I can. Yeah, that's fine. When I was at film school, I had a lecturer who he watched this movie with us and he said the first time I watched it, absolutely hated it. The second time, absolutely hated it. Third time, started to like it. <laughs> and by like the, like he watched it every year for a while in class. By like the 10th time, it was his favourite movie. So Really? Yeah. What movie was it? In the Mood for Love. Oh. An Asian film. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Pretty cool. I didn't like it much myself, but and then if I watched it again, maybe I'd get around to it. Yeah. But you're right. There are so many movies out there that we haven't seen that are going to be awesome. Why would you waste time watching another movie again, which you didn't really like the first time? Yeah. Just because. I'd rather watch something that I connect with straight away and that has an impact on me rather than trying so hard. And that's the thing. With art and film and stuff, why should we have to try to find a connection or meaning in it? If it doesn't connect with us or have elicit a reaction, a positive one, then why try to get one, I guess? I don't know. I'm kind of disagreeing with myself as I'm hearing myself <laughs> speak, but I don't know. There, There is something rewarding in watching a film that you didn't quite like and then being like, oh, my God, this is so cool, right? But I think you have to place your bets where you think you're going to get something, and I don't think that I will get much out of this again. If I got something out of this film, it would be an appreciation rather than a love. Okay. And I would rather spend my time watching a film that I know I will love. Well, if you want Sine to watch it again, <laughs> send us an email about it. <laughs> the thing about this film, though, is that it certainly wasn't bad. I reckon you get something out of it if you watch it again. Mm. There are lots of other films that are just awful. And it that's would, true. you know. So, in that sense, you know, very well made and everything. So, mm. yeah. It was well made. Like, I, I don't know. I think maybe I'm just not, I just didn't get it. And yeah, it didn't really and connect if, with me. If you're not the person for it, that's totally fine. Yeah. Someone else might be. I think I'd give it maybe like. Two. Okay. Yeah, I'd give it like three or four probably, but yeah, with all those you know, caveats. Okay then, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll be back sometime with another podcast. We will. <laughs> you just sounded like a bit of a radio jock at the end there. I'm a radio DJ. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you. Sorry if there's any noise in the background for this one because there's bloody... Gardeners decided to do their body gardening while we're doing our podcast. Don't they know what we're doing here? Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.